0: The NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Shady Rays. Go to ShadyRays.com and use promo code SGPN for 50% off of two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. And we're also brought to you by our NBA Playoff Survivor Challenge. We're giving away $250 in cash and a $100 gift card. Sign up exclusively today on the SGPN app. welcome everyone to the nba gambling podcast part of the sports gambling podcast network it is friday early evening currently 608 on the east coast here to get into the game one betting picks for the saturday games for the nba playoffs we are here I'm not here, maybe officially almost. I know we still have two more games on the Friday docket to figure out who's going to be the eighth seed. So uh, at least we know most of the teams and the most of the series that are going to happen. But hey, we do have four game ones on Saturday. We're going to break them all down for you. And joining me here on the pod to break down those game ones first, you know them as the voice as the on the Tennis Gambling Podcast, the NBA Gambling Podcast, the NFL Gambling Podcast, and the WNBA Gambling podcast. It's Scott Studio Rachel. Scott, long time no talking, man.
1: Dead, nice <laughs> to see you. I uh, hope you're doing well. Uh, but, yeah, looking forward to the games tonight. Looking forward to game ones. It's one of those nights where I'm already exhausted, but there's still another, like, seven hours to go. So <laughs> I'll push through. Got a tennis podcast after this. Then I got to edit the NFL podcast. Yeah, I got a busy night ahead of, ahead of me. But uh, overall, looking forward to the games. Should be fun.
0: Yeah, it's, this is my uh, third pod today. I know you and I recorded this morning, and then I had the prop cast with Chris, and then I had, uh, cranked out a Western Conference article as well. So um, even though the regular season's over, it feels like we have more work to do right now. But uh, also joining us here on this episode to help us break it down, you guys know him as the man, the voice. It's Delonte Smith. Monte, what's going on, my man? How you doing?
2: Yeah, man, doing pretty good. Uh, glad to be back with you guys. Uh, good seeing you on Sean and Kramer show. Both you guys did a great job.
0: Yeah, I think we were there more to kind of help them sort through their picks <laughs> right. than, yeah, uh, than anything.
2: Yeah, I could tell uh, because they were switching. Up. They was yeah. like, "Well, I think I'm Scott. You persuaded me, so I'm gonna go with you, Scott."
0: <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, look, four games on the docket, like I mentioned uh, on the Saturday games, but. Let's just dive right into it, guys. Uh, the first game is going to be a 1 o'clock Eastern start. We have the Brooklyn Nets. They are in Philly to take on the Sixers in Game 1. Obviously, Philly has home court advantage as they w- finished up as a 3-seed, taking on the 6-seed here. Currently, I'm seeing the Philadelphia 76ers uh, favored by 8.5 points here in Game 1. Totally sitting at 214.5 half. Money line minus 350 uh, for the Sixers and then plus 290 for the Brooklyn Nets. Um, nothing significant on the injury report. Um, so I don't really need to get into that. So let's just dive right wait, into that.
1: What do you mean, nothing significant? Ben Simmons isn't playing.
0: Ben Simmons, so, <laughs> yeah. oh, he's not playing. Ah, yes. No.
1: I don't even know if he's going to be in the arena. It's in Philly, so he's probably guaranteed to not be in the arena, now that I think about it.
0: Uh, but uh, outside of Ben Simmons, pretty clean injury report for both teams. Do you think he's going to be in the arena? Scott. No. <laughs>
1: Philly? Absolutely yeah. not. They'd kill, they'd kill him. No, he's not going to be there.
0: Uh, why don't you lead us off with your team here? They are catching eight and a half points here uh, in Philly in game one. What do you think?
1: Well, once again, all of us on the Futures episode thought that the Sixers would win the series. However, I gave the Nets a bit more of a puncher's chance. I have them losing in six. Most people have them losing in four or five. I do think there's some value on the Nets, though, in game one, just because of the fact that they played one time after the Durant trade with all the new uh, wing defenders that Brooklyn has and it was a close game uh, the Sixers won by three very ugly game Dimwody hit that game tying three-pointer after the buzzer and that's how they lost the game but eight and a half seems a little bit too large for me I've seen on in several occasions Doc Rivers teams will come out a little bit flat in game one of playoff series and I think that it's a decent spot for a Nets team with a lot of wing defenders to make life difficult for Harden and potentially Maxi. and going to do what he wants i think I'm not going to pick the Nets to find a great answer for Embiid. I think he'll average 35-plus in the series. But for the sake of Mm -hmm. the spread, I think it's a little bit large. Harden's still battling an injury. He didn't exactly look great to end the year. And with the Nets and the wing defenders they have and the unique defensive looks that they can give you, I think the Sixers might take a half to actually adjust to what the Nets are trying to run defensively. And with that being the case, I see an ugly game. I like the under. I think you'll see a rock fight here. So with that being the case, and assuming it's going to be a lower scoring game, I'm actually going to take the points. I think the Nets hang in there. Do they win the game? I didn't say that, but I think the Sixers win, but probably by like six.
0: All right, uh, Delonte, let's start with the spread here minus eight and a half. Y'all yeah,
2: lean to Philly here. I think they got to get off to a, a good start to give, uh, to, well, to not give Brooklyn any like confidence going forward. They want to come out, put their foot on the throat, and, and go ahead and dominate. I do think that the Nets are going to have to adjust. Well, specifically Mikael Bridges, he hasn't been the vocal point of offense in a playoff game. So that's going to be new to him. I'm pretty sure Doc Rivers and company are going to have something set up to where they limit him, obviously, because he's their best player. So they've had, what, like two weeks, essentially to basically prep for what they want to do um, with Brooklyn. So I think some of the stuff that they're, uh, they're going to do is going to rattle Uh, bridges i'll probably be looking at his unders um matchup wise i mean i think you guys pretty much uh hit it on the head like mb's gonna do whatever whenever however he wants to do it it just depends on the Harden injury kind of scares me but i think maxi can pretty much pick it up in this series so i'm not really too worried about the Harden. i think he'll be more of a facilitator role until they get into uh next round against the uh the boston celtics so i am worried about them like Blowing – obviously, Doc Rivers and Harden are known to blow games, so they're going to blow at least one of them. They're not so
1: good in fourth quarters either, though, so that kind of cancels out. Yeah, that.
2: but, I mean, we can count on a blown lead from Philly or some collapse. Something's going to happen, and they're going to lose a game that they're supposed to win and maybe win it in five. But overall, man, I just think that Brooklyn, I mean, while they've been playing well since Kyrie, they are 12-14 and 14, straight up, 13-13 ATS we all know the rebounding issues. If they can hit some shots, then, you know, that might soften a blow. But I think Philly's going to be locked in from game one. Um, I think they got a, a bigger chip on their shoulder after what happened to them last year. So I'm looking forward to uh, playing Philly in this game, first quarter, first half, full game. So I'll be, you know, uh, 3.333 of a unit on each each of them. Do you have any thoughts on the total? Uh, team total – over for the sixers, as far as the full game, I'd lean under. I don't know how I don't know how well and how fluent the Nets' offense will look uh, in a playoff setting. Like like we said, I mean these guys, they only play together for what 26 games. Mm. So this is a big stage. Um, we all know that playoffs are more physical. I'm pretty sure everybody's heard that a million times, more physical, uh, more intense. and these guys just haven't been through it together as a unit, maybe separately in in different destinations, but as a unit, they just haven't been through it. So I think that's going to come up to show uh, show their age here. And I think the Sixers buried in the first game.
0: Yeah, I think that at least in this game, um, obviously I think all the pressure is on the Philadelphia 76ers to win game one. Um, Like Scott said, like there has been instances in this Doc Rivers regime with the Philadelphia 76ers of them dropping – a game, whether it's game one or game two on their home floor. Um, and again, the conversations are going to start again if Philly doesn't come out and win game one. I am leading with a plus eight and a half here with the uh, Brooklyn Nets. I do think it is a lot of points here uh, for this first game. But again, well, I would for not a be...
1: total. It's a lot of points. I mean, yeah. two fourteen and a half.
0: Yeah, and a half. Yeah. And then you're probably looking at taking a Nets team total under. I could see a world where the Nets come out and make some three-point shots. And, and keep it within the number, um, especially early on. So, again, they're not playing. They're playing with house money. Like, yeah, yeah, if you had this roster at the beginning of the season, we know that this team would not even be a play-in tournament team, right? So, they're playing with house money. So, they're just going out, having fun, seeing what they can do. Maybe, you know, give the Sixers a challenge here, and we'll they'll see what happens. But um, I, I do like the Nets plus eight and a half here. I lean towards the under here as well. Um, I think this will be... In the low 200s, 200, like 207, like I'm thinking like 107 100 type of game here. I can at see least. That. Um, Scott, you have you already mentioned you like the under, Scott.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna lean under here. Uh, based on the one meeting they had when both teams were using their actual lineups after the KD and Kyrie trades, or just both of them not being available, game didn't even break 200. Uh, game I believe landed 199. I see a really ugly half-court game. You know, playoff basketball tends to be a lot more Mm low-scoring. But Philly doesn't exactly want to run, especially in the playoffs with Embiid. They're going to try to give him the ball every possession and see what he can do. The Nets don't exactly want to run either. I think they should. I think you should try to get fast-break points against Embiid and Harden because both of them don't try to play fast-break defense. And Maxi, who doesn't really guard anybody either. But I do think you're going to see a slower-paced game. So I like the under here. I think Philly probably breaks 100. I'm not sure the Nets do, but I see, like, a 105-100 game or, like, a 104-99 game, something like that.
0: Okay. Uh, All right, before we get over to player props, uh, let me tell everyone about Shady Rays. Uh, We're approaching summertime, and I'm sure a lot of you are planning those vacations, whether it's to the beach or maybe there's still some some snow falling around the country. That's where Shady Rays comes in. Um, Kick off the new year with new gear built to last. Our friends over at Shady Rays have you covered – from the sun to the slopes with premium polarized shades, customizable snow goggles, and much more. Shady Raisins is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair that we've ever worn. Durable, durable frames and extremely clear optics. For outdoor adventures, that's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses backed by the lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they told us they will send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. Wear Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back long after your purchase. With Shady Rays, you can look good and feel good. Today, they have donated over twenty million meals to fight hunger with Feeding America. If you don't love them, exchange them for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop with Shady Rays. Their team always has your back. So exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the new year. Go to ShadyRays.com and use promo code SGPN for 50% off of two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the Shades rated five stars by over 200,000 people. And also the NBA survivor challenge Uh, you can still get in. If you're listening to this before the games tip off on Saturday, it's completely free to enter as every contest is on uh, the sports gambling podcast network. Uh, The winner gets $250 in cash and a hundred dollar SGP and gift card, but it's it's exclusively on the SGP and app. So if you don't have the app already, Make sure to download it, hit that contest tab, and you'll see how to get into the NBA Survivor Challenge. Again, $250 uh, to the winner and a $100 SGPN gift card. Uh, all right, guys, let's get into some player props here for this game between the Sixers and the Nets. Uh, Delonte, lead us off. What do you got for player props in this game?
2: One of my favorite player props of the entire uh, Saturday slate, Tyrese Maxey over 19 and a half. He's over in nine of the last 12. Uh like the matchup for him with a lot of doubles being thrown at Embiid. Um, we all spoke on the hard and Achilles injury. And like I, this is my you know, rationale is I think that he's pr- pretty much going to take it easy. Um, he's not going to have to exert a lot of energy. So be more of a facilitator. I don't think he'll be able to drive a lot, or I don't think you'll see him driving a lot. His three-throw attempts have went down, so he, the aggression is you know, uh, tilted back a little bit. So I think Maxie is a, is a perfect matchup and a perfect candidate to, you know, uh, I guess, profit from that. So um, I like him over 19 and a half. And I think it's correlated with Harden's assists over nine and a half. I was speaking on his free throws. He has went to the free throw line 2.8 times in the last seven games. And we all know that's not James Harden basketball. So that just goes to show you that Achilles is is really bothering him. He's also under this number. Um, he's also over this number in let's see, 10 of the last 14 contests, averaging 10 and a half in the month of March. Ten and a half assists in the month of March. And uh I also think it's correlated. So if you want to throw them in a parlay, like maxi over, hard and under points, I think that's correlated. I think both of those things work well together. Um so I'll maxi over, 19 and a half, under points. Uh it should be 20 and a half. You could f- probably find a 21. And also his assists and over nine and a half assists.
0: Scott, player preps?
1: Uh, I'm going to look at Dimwitty. I'm going to take him under 8.5. Uh, it's actually plus money uh, for assists. Uh, it's at around plus 106, give or take. Mm-hmm. I have no idea why this line is so high. I, I thought got it was the ar- short. I got yeah. the, well, I'm going to make my case here, right? Uh, yeah, i would so to hear. Dimwitty has been mainly a facilitator with this team, except the total so low. You recommend the Nets team total under. I don't think they're going to score 100 points, so that's going to limit the number of overall baskets for this team. I know Dimwitty was a bench player for a decent amount of teams he's been on, but Dimwitty has played 22 games against the Sixers in his career. Do you want to guess how many times he's gone over eight and a half assists?
0: How many times has he played, you said?
1: 22.
0: He's gone over this in three.
1: One. Damn it. Went over one time back in 2022 with Washington. Uh, played with the Nets uh, several times against Philly a couple years ago and this year. This year played one time, uh, 31 minutes, had six assists. I've, I think the Nets are going to struggle offensively. I just think their defense can keep Philly's offense in check, which is why this game should be ugly. Eight and a half assists, though, I think seems a bit high at plus money for a guy that's gone over this number one time in 22 career meetings against Philly. And on top of that, maybe I'm reading into it. The whole beef with Kuzma on Twitter. <laughs> am I the only one who thinks that Dimwitty's going to try to shoot the ball 25 times, and I'm terrified by it? Yeah. So
2: what's yes. going on with it? I seen it, but I didn't. I didn't look into
1: it. Well, it was a mid off, but uh, yeah, you had you had uh, Dimwitty and Kuzma trash talking each other about I don't know which player I guess is worse for winning basketball or which player <laughs> has the worst resume. I, they were they were roasting each other. I thought Kuzma won. For the record, I thought Kuzma's roasts were better. But still, <laughs> I'm, I'm worried that Dimwitty is going to just try to prove a point and force up a bunch of really bad shots. But eight and a half assists, though, seems a little bit high to me, especially a plus money for a guy that is always a danger of ball hogging down the stretch. And Bridges is still going to take a bunch of shots. He might isolate a decent amount. I just think that this number is a bit high. I'm going to lean to the under for a team that I think is probably going to top out in the mid-90s in points.
0: Yeah, I think the only player prop that I did like in this game was probably Joel Embiid rebounds. It's at plus money at 11.5. Um, talked about this with Chris on the propcast today, but uh, we both like this play. But it's Brooklyn has really been, or they have been the worst rebounding team since the All Star break. Um, it's at 11.5. I think it was at plus 105. I know he hasn't done it fairly recently, Embiid, against the. Um, against the Brooklyn Nets, but I think there's an opportunity where he just has a monster game. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets like 33 and 15 in game one uh, to lead the Sixers. So um, I'm going to go with Embiid over on 11 and a half rebounds for this game. Um, anything else for this game, guys? I trying not think if there's anything
1: else I like. It, it, I, I, thought, I thought about maybe Finney Smith under, but that's such a low number for points. But yeah. I, was,
2: I was looking at Joe Harris, threes made. Uh, he had 18 in the um in the two eleven game, which Scott alluded to. That's when both teams were fully healthy. Um yeah, I was looking at him, but it's just I don't know what they're gonna do with their rotation. Like I'm, I'm interested to see how he's they have so many
1: guys that play the exact same yeah, position. Yeah, like I so see.
2: I don't know how he's gonna allocate those minutes. So I kinda wanna see it first before I attack him. That's why I don't have any nets props other than Mikhail Bridges under. Um, I just want to see how it looks with how he rotates those guys and what the matchups are going to be, because it's going to be intriguing to see. But if they can hit, like you said, if they can hit some threes, they can make it interesting. But, I mean, who knows with the Nets? Like, it's just hit or miss. Yeah.
0: Do you
1: have any thoughts on P.J. Tucker at four and a half? (laughs) (sighs) Juice to the under, by the way.
0: (laughs) I think he could. What's his to make a three?
1: Uh, I'm assuming it would be out one and a half. Uh actually that's a good question. Uh half if, at I was gonna say it might be a, it's gonna be a half, yeah. Um I,
0: I think that's the only way he's gonna score though, right? Like you've wanna He might, get like, a put,
1: he might get like a putting doesn't even
0: have or a something. number. Hey, I get
1: nothing. He, okay. DraftKings
0: has over half for minus one thirty.
1: Okay. What's I think that's something
0: is? I would uh consider for him. Uh rebounds for PJ Tucker is four and a half even money.
1: I might look at that over. Yeah, he's gonna he's still gonna play a bunch of minutes because he's gonna be the bridge. He's gonna be the bridges stopper.
0: Right, right. Yeah, so he's
1: gonna play a lot of minutes anyway.
0: Right. Yeah. All right. All um, right. Before we get over to the next game of the night, let me uh, do another ad read, and let me tell everyone about Sword Vitality. It's the weekend, and for some of us, uh, it might be date night, or you know, you may be having that third date that magic number three
1: date night uh, it's playing it's play-in time come on I man. that's
0: it for some people scott for some people we know yeah, invite them over in. to watch the game come on exactly and that's why you might need some sword vitality i mean if you're betting on a team and it's not going your way you know you might be a little compromised and you need to pick me up that's where sword vitality comes in you gotta take care of yourself, my gentlemen. It's uh, it's it's the manly thing to do. It's cool. You don't have to worry about it. You gotta be proud of taking care of yourself. Forty percent of men are affected by impotence at the age of forty, and nearly seventy percent of men are affected at the age of seventy. Stop buying the highly suspect pills in the gas stations. No more hiding that little blue pill in your sock drawer. You manscape, but you also take care of the plumbing. Sword Vitality helps increase your blood flow in ways that can help you thrive as a man. It's time to become a Sword Vitality man if you aren't experiencing erections in the morning. There's really three main benefits with um, Sword Vitality. Increased blood flow in ways that help you thrive as a man in the bedrooms. And Sword Vitality can also help increase your stamina. You don't have to hide it. You can be proud of it. So unsheath your sword. Visit swordvitality.com. Use promo code SGPN for a nice discount at checkout. That's swordvitality.com. Promo code SGPN. We're also brought to you by Talkify. Life is full of what ifs. So what if you try something new when it comes to dating? Talkify is a new way to meet other serious singles. What if they help you find what you're looking for in a partner? Are you having a hard time meeting great people to date? Why do you always keep trying the same methods over and over if you're setting yourself up just to fail? It's time to say goodbye to swiping and bring back the human touch of dating with Talkify. Talkify is the country's number one modern matchmaking service that is designed to help you achieve relationship success. Their trusted compatibility specialists hand select successful and compelling candidates so you can date cautiously and productively. Here's how it works. The Talkify matchmakers meet with you to learn about what you're looking for in a partner. Then they'll select and screen potential match uh, screen potential match candidates for you, doing all the background work, video interviews, asking all those tough questions that are sometimes too awkward to ask on those first dates. From there, your matchmaker uh, plans your date introduction and handles all the communications for you, creating a safe and stress-free dating experience. Talking about stats, well... Talkify is committed to finding your match. 80% of clients met their person within the first 12 matches. And right now, Talkify is offering our listeners 20% off when you become a client at Talkify.com slash SGPN. That's T-A-W-K-I-F-Y.com slash SGPN for 20% off when you become a client. Talkify.com slash SGPN. All right, guys, let's get into the second game of the night. It is going to be, or I should say afternoon, We've got the Atlanta Hawks. They are headed to Boston uh, to take on the Celtics. Currently seeing the line in favor of the Celtics, minus nine. Uh, total is currently sitting at 230 and a half. Uh, no serious injuries in this game. I did see Jalen Brown is available. Uh, only person that is going to be out and has been out because of ACL injury is uh, Gallinari, but let's start here with the side, and I think we already mentioned this when we were talking about the um, the actual series preview that Boston won all three games during the regular season and pretty handedly they were able to score at least 120 points in all three of those matchups. They have actually won five straight matchups against the Atlanta Hawks dating back to last season. Uh but this year they like I mentioned they scored 126, 134 and 120 against the Atlanta Hawks. Um they did cover the 9 uh this 9 number in one game where they won 126-101. They won another game, 134-125, and then another game, 120-114. to 114. Um, Delonte, lead us off here. Uh, the Boston Celtics laying nine points, hosting the Atlanta Hawks. What are you thinking about the side? Yeah,
2: so I'm probably in the minority thinking that the Hawks can kind of somewhat scare the Celtics and have a competitive series. I mean, obviously, the Celtics are going to have the two best players on the court of all, at, at all times with Tatum and, and Brown. But some of the lint that, that the Hawks have, I think it can cause some problems, especially DeAndre Hunter. So I think DeAndre Hunter is pretty much going to be the X Factor, likely to be matched up with, um, I was about to say Harden, likely to be matched up with Tatum, and they'll probably mm-hmm. put Murray on uh, on Jalen Brown. I want to see how Jalen Brown looks with that hand, because I, I don't know if you guys seen the, uh, they showed like a close-up of like the, I don't know if it's a soft cast he had on his hand or yeah, like yeah. a bandage wrap. Didn't, didn't look good at all, so... I'm uh, interested to see how he plays, but the Hawks do have the second worst uh, defensive rating um, of the remaining playoff teams. So that does scare me. Obviously we've seen what bought when well, of you read out the numbers of what Boston did to them offensively. Mm. Um, and Boston is incredible at home. 24, 17 ATS uh, Atlanta, 18 and 23 ATS on the road. But I'm just slightly leaning to the Hawks in this game. Um, plus the nine. I think they can keep it competitive. Uh, if they, they just gotta get out and run in transition. So if they can get out and run, knock down some threes, which they, they don't shoot a three well. Um ironically, they shoot better for mid-range than, than three. But Trace had success against the team. He had um he had twenty-seven and nine on uh eleven sixteen and uh what else did he have? He had thirty-five and thirteen on um, the most recent game, and that was where that that was without um Bogdan. So Yeah, man, I think the Hawks have enough depth to at least scare them. It can be a competitive series. I'm leaning to them in a game, thinking the Celtics have come out a little bit rusty. So I'll take the Hawks plus the nine.
0: All right. Scott, what do you got for this game? Celtics uh, laying nine here.
1: I'm going to lean to Atlanta as well, just because Boston hasn't played in a a week or so. Mm -hmm. Jalen Brown cut his hand open. I'm curious if he's going to struggle with the stitches. We'll see how he plays. Uh, But I do think at the end of the day, this is going to be a bet that you'll actually be able to determine if you win or not in the first 10 minutes. I know it's going to sound a little bit crazy, but if Boston comes out and smacks them in the first quarter, game's over. Like Atlanta's going to get run out of the building by 20. But if Atlanta hangs in there, potentially leads after a quarter, I think you're going to have a dogfight on your hands. So I do think that the first quarter is going to tell you a lot about this matchup, and I do think that you'll end up seeing Atlanta hang in there early on I am kind of wondering what the story is with Jalen Brown because he did get stitches and he's been practicing, I'm sure. But I am curious what exactly his story is going to be uh, over the course of the series and how well he's going to look and if it'll take him some time to adjust to the hand injury and playing through it. I'm going to lean Atlanta, though, plus nine. I'm not picking them to win the game. I think they do enough, though, to keep this game somewhat close. And we know that with Missoula, it's always a circus in the fourth quarter. So give me Boston to win this game by like seven.
0: Yeah, I think I'm going with Atlanta here as well. I'd like him in the first half. I think that they can keep uh, keep it close. Like, you know, you guys mentioned that there might be some rust for the Boston Celtics since they haven't played in well over a week, especially the starters. And, you know, like you guys alluded to with Jalen Brown's hand injury, how is he going to respond? Is it going to be effective? Uh, and how much is it really going to bother him, at least on the offensive side of, of, of the basketball? Um, so I do like the Hawks here as well um let's get to the total here 230 and a half delante what are your thoughts on the total
2: so the thing is with both teams they don't get to the line a lot so i get it it's more free flowing for and uh for an over but it also does you're not scoring while the clock is stopped which is good for an over so both of these teams are bottom five in free throw rate offense now, can the Celtics go out and score one thirty like they did in a couple of those matchups? Absolutely, but if they go out and score one thirty, I don't think they'll let the, the Hawks score, you know, over you know one ten or whatever. So, yeah, I, I think I have to lean with uh, the under here simply because the Hawks can't get into a half court, even though their numbers are solid half court wise. I don't think they can score easily on the Celtics defense with, especially with Robert Williams. Uh, he didn't play in the. I think two of the matchups that they that they had and I mean we all know his presence is much more than what a box uh, box score or a stat sheet can show. The defensive rating with him is 110.1 without him 113.7. So that just shows a lot of what he alters in the half court and the full court. So I'm leaning towards the under. I know it's kind of scary with the Hawks uh defensive liabilities they have, but I'm thinking that the Celtics can maybe just ground it out and and maybe score closer to like 115-116ish.
0: Scott, Total?
1: I'm going to lean under uh, as well. It's game one. I think Boston might be a little bit sluggish out of the gates because they haven't played in a week or so. Atlanta defensively was solid against Miami. Then again, Miami's offense is not very good, so I'm not sure how much you can read into it. But I do expect to see both teams play a little bit slower in the playoffs. I've mentioned it several times on several podcasts that you tend to see teams be more deliberate offensively. Defensively, they do a better job of getting back in transition. They don't want to give up free points. I expect to see more half-court possessions, and as a result, I think Atlanta might struggle uh, to score against Boston's offense at various points. In this game, I think Boston might struggle at various points as well uh, against Atlanta's defense. Probably less often, but still, I'm going to lean under. I think this game probably lands somewhere in the high 210s.
0: Yeah, I think uh, with you guys on the under here as well, I think that if we do think Atlanta covers in this game, it's going to have to be a game, I mean, not something similar to Miami of that low scoring, but I think that if Boston scores 120 plus, I think they cover this game. So I think they're going to have to limit them to 100, like Delonte mentioned, around that 115, 110, 115 mark. Yeah, um, I, think it's cor- I
1: think it's 100% correlated. Yeah,
0: yeah I agree with that too. Uh, let's get over to some player props in this game. Scott, anything you like?
1: Well, we talked about him before and whether or not he actually injured his hand while gardening. I'm going to go with Jalen Brown-Unders. The fact is he still hasn't played in a week or so. Tatum could always go nuts, and Brown takes a back seat. But anytime you're going into any type of basketball game and there's an added variable, which is a negative variable, I'm going to have to pivot to Unders. And the fact that he's now going to have to adjust to life with stitches in his hand – Maybe it'll impact the handle. I see that Nick w- was mentioning his turnovers in the comments section, which I don't mind either because uh, he can't anyway. Yeah, he, he didn't exactly do a great <laughs> job of dribbling in the NBA Finals last year anyway. But I am going to lean to Jalen Brown unders. I think there will be a transition period with him adjusting to his injury. And I think you could also see him taking a back seat to Tatum. We know their role players are good enough at shooting threes. I can see a world where Brown takes a back seat, or maybe he just has a bad shooting night. But I'm going to go with Unders for Jalen Brown. Maybe he plays well through the injury. It's always possible. He's still a very talented player. Yeah. But if you're trying to find an edge somewhere, I think there has to be an edge when there's an added variable which could seriously impact his playing and his play style and just his overall effectiveness in a negative way. I'm going with Jalen Brown Unders in this game. All right. I'll, go with the po- I'll go with the points on the under. Okay. Um, Delante,
2: player props? Yeah, so I was looking at a few. I was looking at DeAndre Hunter, as I mentioned at the top. I think he's going to be a X X factor. I'm looking at him to go over his point total. It's uh, 13 and a half, if I'm not mistaken, um, over in four of the last six games. And, you know, he's averaged 14.3 in the three games, three regular season games. But he played only 16 minutes in the most recent game. So kind of, you know, that kind of shades that number down a little bit. So he has the ability to stretch the floor and play in the mid post area. That's. Kinda of where Boston is is somewhat struggling, especially with like he's likely to have, I guess, what uh Grant Williams or somebody on somebody on him like of that nature. because uh, so, 'cause they're probably not gonna put Tatum on him. I'm assuming. I'm probably gonna put I'm some length not. on I'm assuming to put uh some yeah. length on Trey Young. They did that in the in the second meeting, if I'm not mistaken, put uh like smart on one of the bigger guys and put Tatum on Trey. So mm-hmm. I'm interested to see how Missoula, you know, does that. But I think you uh I think the you know he'll have a little bit more opportunities to score um uh, with the focus being on DeJounte and and Trey. So I like him over uh 13 and a half points. I also like Tatum under. Um he struggled in the most recent meeting. I think he only had 17 and like I said I think that lint and what they can do defensively with all those guys. They can legit play like six or seven guys, different guys on Tatum.
1: Now, all it's also them, a massive number. It's like 30 and a half.
2: Right. Right. And so I mean that many bodies is gonna be hard to score, you know, 30 plus on, especially after you've been off for what essentially two weeks. So mm-hmm. I like him under and I like uh DeAndre Hunter over 13 and a half.
0: I think the couple or the one that I was looking at is uh Bogdanovich over on his points prop of eleven and a half. He's gone uh, over this projection in six straight games against the Celtics. This states back to the days he was with Sacramento. Um, I know they'd added Sadiq Bey, but I, I think that 11.5 and a half is a fairly conservative number here for him. Either that or over on his three-point prop, that's at two and a half at plus one, uh plus one forty. He's hit at least three um three pointers in four straight games against the Celtics. He's also getting up the volume against the Celtics. And I think, yeah, Sadiq Bey is there as well, but I think I trust more uh Bogdanovich here to knock down the three-point shot for me as well. So those were the two I was looking at. Uh, Trey Young has had success against this Celtics team as well. Um, if you just average, on,
1: like, 30, 31, and 10 this year, I think, in the three meetings? Yeah, he's been killing yeah.
0: it. He's been killing it. Yeah, I'm trying to pull up the exact numbers here. But
2: what they did was um, the first matchup that they, that they had, they were playing smart in Brogdon, uh, on him, pretty much rotating, rotating those guys, and he was like killing them in the pick and roll, in the in the uh, the mid post area, the small like the small on small pick and roll with him and Murray. So they were killing them with that. So they put Tatum on them. It didn't work out. He was kind of blown by Tatum. So I'm interested to see how they adjust to that.
0: Yeah, it's just his last four uh, games against the Celtics, 30, 31, 27, and 35. So it'll be interesting how the Celtics play both DeJounte and uh, Trey Young in this game. Um, so those are the two I was looking at for the Atlanta side. Anything else you guys like?
1: I'm tempted by Sadiq Bey uh, just because of how too, well yeah. he played yeah, I, I last missed a game. Number,
2: though. I missed a good number. I yeah, think it went but- up a few, a few points.
1: I like the Bogdanovich play, too, because even though Bogdanovich only went two for eight from three against Miami, he did still have 14 points. So the number does feel a bit short. But Bay shot 17 times, went three for nine from three, played 33 minutes and scored 17 points. Like He had a very big role with this team, and I think this number is too low because of it. But I am also looking at Capella under points, which I think is around seven and a half. He had a great game against Miami. He had four points and 21 rebounds in 28 minutes. But you're looking at his numbers against Boston, really not overly impressive. The one meeting this season, he did have 12 points in 21 minutes. But I'm looking at the minutes played recently. Last two meetings, he played less than 22 minutes. Like I'm not sure if against Boston in particular, who can space you out so well. If Capella really has a good role in this game, I think his minutes might be limited. Robert Williams is back, which should help with some rim protection. But Capella's never going to shoot. like He's only yeah. trying to dunk, and he yeah. can't hit free throws. And I'm, I think his minutes might be compromised because Boston is so good at going small and playing big men off the floor. I want Capella under 7.5 points. It seems a little bit high.
0: Um, so I see a 9.5. Oh, I'm oh,
1: sorry, you see 9.5? I think I meant yeah, 9.5. I think,
0: sorry. yeah. Uh, let, let, let me just double-check double
1: check that. Either way, I like the under. Because I think he's going to play twenty four minutes, and you might have like five points.
0: So. Yeah, I see nine and a half. But you're going right. to take the like under nine w- and a half. Yeah, it's mostly going to be either lobs or like putbacks that you know Capella going to get. Obviously, they're not running the offense through him. Uh, Sadiq base threes are at one and a half uh, at minus one thirty. If you're interested in that, um, that's kind that's kind of too juiced. Yeah, uh, I like the uh, first quarter over. First
2: quarter over. Yeah, I think Munaf, you were you put you actually put me on the Hawks. Uh, both you and Scott, I think, both put me on in like mid
0: season.
1: I think you were talking about the There, Hawks there was a stretch where every game they, right. I brought it up. They had like five yeah. straight games with seventy plus points in the right. first quarter. And right. I had yeah. to win yeah. it up. But. Yeah. that was so, I think a uh,
0: Saturday pod that we had recorded where we're talking yeah. about it.
2: Yeah. yeah, so I um I've been playing that a lot. It went over um the last game against the Heat. They generally start off pretty hot. Now it just yeah. depends on what you know Celtics what version of the Celtics offense comes out. Is it like rusty or, or what? But either way, they're gonna have opportunities to score on, on the Hawks defense. So I like that first quarter over. Uh I think I think that was the only other thing I had to add.
0: The philosophies really changed when they brought in Quinn Snyder uh, as the head oh, yeah. coach. I think they're playing with a little bit more pace and mm-hmm. uh, Trey Young. I think either uh, I think off the ball as well. So yep. um, yeah, I do like the call. Maybe in the first half, uh, sorry, first quarter over, and then it slows down a little bit. Uh, all right, guys, let's get over to the next game of the night. It's going to be the New York Knicks. They are in Cleveland for game one. Currently seeing the Cavs are favored by minus five and a half in this game. Total is sitting at 220, sorry, 216 and a half. Um, did see a note of Julius Randle is a true game time decision with the ankle injury. Um, other than that, it's pretty. He's going to try. Yeah, he will see how warm ups go. But um, other than that, it's pretty clean for both. Teams. Oh, sorry, Isaac Okoro, also questionable for the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, let's start with the side here. Um, Scott, lead us off with this game. Cleveland minus five and a half hosting the New York Knicks in game one.
1: I'm going to take the Knicks plus the points. I just think the spread's a bit large. We saw the Knicks even play without Randall against Cleveland, and they beat them. I believe that was – was that in Cleveland? I believe that was in Cleveland, right? Yeah, yeah it it was, was, that was the that Brunson. Was Brunson, Brunson game. Yeah, yeah, Brunson at like 46, yeah. and yeah. yeah. But I'm going to lean to the Knicks. It's kind of just a story of the series that we talked about. I, think I expect it to be a close a close series. I think every game is going to be very, very competitive. So I'm going to take the points in what should be a close game. But I also, once again, like how the Knicks played down the stretch of the more experienced playoff team in this case, because Cleveland doesn't have many guys that actually have playoff experience. And the only experience they do have was blowing a double-digit lead at home to Atlanta in the play-in last year. So And losing to the Nets as well. So I'm going to go with the Knicks here. I like him plus the points. I think Randall's going to play, but even if he doesn't, it's not officially the end of the world because I have seen the Knicks beat this team without him in the lineup. But I think Brunson puts on the show. So I'm going to go with the Knicks plus the points.
0: Delante, what do you got? Yeah,
2: so I originally loved the Knicks for the series, uh, but I love Cleveland for this first game. I think with the playoff atmosphere they have, this is the first time they've been in the playoffs uh, without LeBron since like 20...
0: Uh, I, forgot, I forgot the year. It's been yeah. a while. 2006? Yeah. No, it can't be that bad. Nah, I mean, no. 2016. He came back and they won the title. So probably 2016, 2016. 2017. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I meant. Yeah. Sorry.
2: Yeah. So uh, I know it was somewhere around there. I'm going to say 2017
1: because yeah. so think- they made the finals the year after and they got swept. So I'm yeah. assuming 2017.
2: Okay, 2017. yeah, there we go. There we go. So, yeah, either way, I think it's going to be a, a good environment. Uh, Donovan Mitchell probably going to put on a show. But the thing is. I don't think without Randall, I don't think they have enough aggression on the inside to be able to contain Mobley and Jared Allen. Now, I do. Well, Isaac Okoro isn't the, you know, the end all be all. I do think his defense is going to play a key part in this. Likely to put him on Brunson, which opens up some more of those guys. I mean, hey, Scott, we might get a RJ Barrett series. What do you what do you think about that?
1: Uh, an R.J. Barrett series on behalf of Cleveland or on behalf of New York? Because that can go either
2: <laughs> way. <laughs> yeah, but uh, either way, I think that, I think it's a good spot for Cleveland. They're one of the better home teams, um, straight up in ATS, in the NBA. Uh, and like I mentioned, that crowd is going to be electric. I think Thib- uh, Thibodeau is going to have to kind of figure out who he wants to play because some of those guys that he's playing, like the lineup meshes, they don't mesh well together. Like when quickly Groms – like we has a lineup of quickly Grums and Hart, that doesn't work out. I don't know. To me, it doesn't look good. It doesn't flow well. It's a, it's a lot of just, you know, my turn, his turn type of basketball, mm-hmm. which is probably going to get you beat bad by the best defensive team in the NBA. So I like Cleveland here. I'll go first quarter and full game, split a unit on that. Um, and I'll probably be playing some unders in this game also.
1: I was going to sound obvious because he's probably going to win six man of the year, but quickly is just the ultimate X factor in the series because yeah. not just of how good he is and how he could take over a game by himself. It's because I really don't like Cleveland's bench. Yeah, I think the like, Knicks have a yeah. significant advantage with the bench unit. So if quickly right, can get going, I mm-hmm. do think he can really help cut into some deficits that the starters will potentially leave behind because what what exactly is Cleveland's bench guard situation? Ricky Rubio, yeah, they're
2: playing Dean Wade, Ricky Rubio, and you got
1: Neto playing a little bit. Yeah, like so that, they don't really have many good options from a bench perspective.
2: Yeah, that was my that was why I like the Knicks like long term as far as making this game go six making I mean not the game, making the series go six or seven because it's simply I don't know how much if Mobley and Allen can't control the glass and like prevent these dribble drives from Brunson, Hart and some of those guys it's going to be a long series for
0: them. Or a short series for them. Um,
2: yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah I, I, I was kind of torn at least in game one. Um, I could see a world where, you know, the Cavs come out at home and take care of business, and then we'll see a, a top, uh, Thibodeau make the adjustments. But I think, yeah, five and a half May is a stretch high for me for this Cavs team. I think it's, this number will tick up a little bit if you do like the Knicks, um, if Julius Randle does get ruled out, obviously. Um, So I'm going to go with the Knicks here as well. We talked about it when we were previewing this um, playoff series that the Knicks did win three out of four against the Cavs team during the regular season. Uh, and they're also three and one against the spread. So uh, I know that uh, the Cavs were really good at home uh, this season, but also the Knicks were really good on the road as well. Yep. Knicks were tied with the second best road ATS number this season um, and Cavs were top five as far as ATS at home this season. So, um, when it comes to that, I'm, I'm just going to take the points here with the, uh, with the New York Knicks. Let's get over to the total here. Jelante, what do you like about the total? Yeah, I like the under.
2: Um, I would like it better if Randall plays, thinking that some of the rhythm will be thrown off with those guys. Uh, he hasn't played since, uh, well, I think they played six games without him. I think they, were, they finished four and two yeah, straight like up without
1: him. Three weeks ago, I think. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah.
2: So, him, him inserted back in the lineup is probably going to throw some rhythm and, and routine off for some of those guys. And like I said, the Cavs have one of the better defenses, if not the best defense uh, metrically in the NBA. The Knicks aren't too far behind defensively. They've ramped it up, especially with Mitchell Robinson on the floor. Uh, they're rating with him on the floor, and without him, is just out of this world, and I think that, like you said, like Scott mentioned, I mean, the depth of the Knicks are going to limit some some of what the bigs can do for for the Cavs because after Garland and, and Mitchell, it's not much there from a guard standpoint. So mm. I don't know how much they get outside of Mitchell and Garland. And Garland hasn't been playing well as a late either. So it's his first playoff. Actually, this is. Everybody in the starting five's first playoff appearance, if I'm not mistaken, right? Other than Mitchell, nobody else is Other playing. Than Mitchell.
1: Yeah, if you're not including the play-in, Jared Allen might have. Uh, was he on the bubble team with the Nets that got swept immediately by Toronto? Uh,
2: I, I thought he was, he was, was still team. in Cleveland. I thought he was. that was his first year in Cleveland, if I'm not mistaken.
1: I think he was there, but I don't, I don't remember if he was healthy or not. He might have been injured at the time. He was yes. so, on I'm the 2018-2019 sure season. I, th- I think he was with the Nets in the bubble, but... Okay. They got swept by Toronto, and it was it was once again the bubble, so it's not the same atmosphere, but still. Yeah,
2: yeah that's that's what I mean. So yeah, I don't think um, I don't think it's going to be a lot of, of points at all. I can see a low one like one hundred seven, one hundred two. Uh, well, actually, I gotta I gotta go one hundred seven, one hundred so they can cover. So yeah, let me go one hundred seven, one hundred Calves.
1: I said that quickly. as the X factor? Is there a better wild card series matchup than Barrett versus Karis Lovert?
0: God, yeah, that's a that's, that's something else, point. isn't it? Yeah, that's 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 a whole yeah, other level of handicapping. <laughs> um, Scott total, what do you got.
1: Uh, I'm gonna go with the. I'm actually gonna lean to the over in this one. Uh, the yeah. Cavs have been good defensively. I get all that, but from what I saw in the last meeting, nobody could guard Donovan Mitchell. And nobody can guard Jalen Brunson's. So I'm going to go with the over. I think the guards take over the game. Yeah. I, I know that the argument is, well, you know, they're going to play slower and the Cavs don't use much pace and the Knicks don't exactly use much pace either. The Knicks were playing faster as the season went on and actually worked out well for them. Now, Randall coming back might slow some things down in the fourth quarter mm-hmm. because they might isolate a little bit more, and that could be an adventure in itself. But with Mitchell and Brunson just dominating each other's defenses uh, throughout that last meeting – I could really see both of them taking over the game again. I'm going to go with the over. I think each team's got a shot to reach 110, so I'm going to lean over. I think it'll land somewhere in the low 220s.
0: Okay, fair enough. Um, yeah, I really didn't have an opinion on the total, but I think it really – this series, I think the entire series was just going to come down to the guard play, whether it's between Garland and Donovan Mitchell and then either Jalen Brunson, RJ Barrett, Emmanuel Quickly uh, for the New York Knicks, so – um as far as the total here, yeah, I, I mean, I'll slightly lean with the over. I really didn't have an opinion uh, on this on this total as much. So let's go over to some player props here. Uh, Scott, lead us off. Any player props you like?
1: So it's difficult for the Knicks because I'm not sure if Randall's going to play or not. Mm-hmm. But I have to go with Brunson over. Yeah, I think I'll go with points and assists for this one because I think he could exploit this defense either way. Mm-hmm. But Brunson... He dropped 46 on this team's head. They weren't even close to stopping him at any point in the game. And with Randall being out, his usage rate is shot through the roof. Now, I do think with Randall coming back, maybe there's a feel out process and Randall might play second fiddle uh, to Brunson. But we know how good Brunson can be. We know how good he was in the playoffs without Luka and how he dropped the 40 piece against against Dallas against uh, sorry against Utah and he kept them in that series which they mm. inevitably won when Luka came back. But I like Brunson over. I'll go with points and assists because I think he could go for an 8 assist game if Cleveland starts double teaming or trapping. But I think Brunson can really be in line for a 30 and 8 game. So I'm going to go with Brunson over points and assists.
0: Yeah, I'll, I'll co-sign that with you. I took uh, Brunton over 24 and a half points. That seems um, very
1: low for a guy who's been that good offensively in the last couple of months. Yeah,
0: I agree. Um, and again, I think right now it's I guess a free roll. We can say that if Julius Randle does get ruled out, that number's only going to go up. Yeah. I don't think it comes down much if he if he is ruled in. Um, and I, again, we don't know how effective Julius Randle uh, can be because those ankle injuries can be really uh, tricky as well. So Uh, I was looking at, yeah, Jalen Brunson uh, points I do love. Maybe ladder it up to 30. Um, I I think there's definitely a possibility where he can score 30-plus in this first game. So um, maybe some rebound props. Mitchell Robinson, it is at 10.5, so I think the book has adjusted there. But the two games this season against uh, the Cavs, um, he did have, I think, 13 and 14 or 13, and I think he had 11 in the other game. So those are the kind of ways I was looking at as far as player props. Uh, Delonte, what do you got for player props?
2: Yeah, so I was mentioning R.J. Barrett to Scott, so I'm gonna put my money where my mouth is. I like him over 24 and a half points, rebounds, and assists. We mentioned the guard, not the guard. Well, the guard-forward combo. I mean, they just don't have a lot of depth. So R.J. has to he has to do something to to be able to provide for this for this next offense. So especially if Randall was hobbled or whatever the case may be, if he's in, if he's out. I, like off said, it's not going he's not going to be as effective as he was, you know, a month or two months ago. So I like R.J. Barrett to take control and try to not make as many silly turnovers and ill-advised shots. Um, we'll have to pray for that. But I like Quentin Grimes, over 11.5 points. One weakness in the Cavs' defense is their three-point defense. They don't defend the three as well. Uh, I think they're like right in the middle, 22, 23, uh, defending the three. So I think Quentin Grimes, with all the attention being shaded towards Jalen Brunson, I think he'll have some wide open looks and he can knock down. He's been actually more effective and getting getting some confidence uh, as the season went on. So I like him over eleven and a half. and a Also, like Evan Mobley over 14 and a half
0: points. All right. Anything else for this game, guys? That That's it. No. All All right, let's get over to the last game of the Saturday uh, schedule. We have the defending champions in action. They are going to be headed to Sacramento, take on the Kings. Uh, Line has been a little bit conflicting. It's either been Cavs, sorry, uh, Warriors minus one or Kings minus one. Currently over on DraftKings, I do see the Golden State Warriors favored by a point here. Um, Total is sitting at 238 and a half. Uh, I am seeing some 238s pop up. Um, as far as the injury report, uh, Andrew Wiggins is going to be back for the Golden State Warriors. Um, I think he will be limited in minutes, uh, obviously, with his first game back in I don't know how long. But uh, other than that, it's it's pretty clean for both teams. Um, let's start with the side here. Delonte, lead us off Warriors. Let's say my, laying minus one on the road here against Sacramento.
2: Light the beam. Love the Kings in this game. First quarter, uh, full game likely to just wait and see if I can get some plus money on a money line um, with them. Like you said, the, the line is pretty much split like between one pick and a uh, one on each side and pick. So mm-hmm. I'm kind of waiting for maybe some public money or even some sharp money to, to put the Kings as a, a juicy enough dog, maybe like plus plus one ten. but if not, I'll still be on the Kings either way to, to win the game. Atmosphere is going to be electric. Uh, a first playoff series that they've had at home since, uh, it's about 2007? seventeen, seven,
1: give or take. Yeah.
2: yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that place is going to be electric, and it's also going to be some uh, some Warriors fans there too. So, it'll be not much of a dominant crowd uh, from Sacramento. The people are going to take that drive down to see the game. Hottest ticket in the NBA right now. So, yep. Yep. Uh, I think th- I think the Kings pose some advantages on the inside, especially with some bonus. If he can dominate Draymond Green, get him a little bit of foul trouble. I don't think that Looney can be as effective without Draymond in the game, simply because he won't be able to go out to the perimeter and guard the pick-and-roll between Fox and Sabonis. Sabonis will bring him out, shoot the mid-range jumper. Uh, I Also, like, the Kings, their defense is bad. Uh, I'm not going to try to sugarcoat it. But the Warriors offensively do, they are prone to turn over the ball, 29th and turnover percentage offense. So that can keep them in the game. Ill-advised turnovers, we we see with Poole, we see it with Steph, lazy passes. So that can that can basically mirror some of the things that they do um, defensively. And I also think Mike Brown's familiarity with the Warriors and their offensive scheme might play a part in this game and the series. So I'm pretty sure he's going to have something dialed up. Um, Now, you can flip in and say the same thing about Steve Kerr, but that's not my narrative here. I'm going with the Kings, so I got to play the Mike Brown side. But either way, I like the matchup for the Kings. Uh, I play the Kings to win the series in six and seven And I'm playing them full game, first quarter in this game.
0: All right. Uh, Scott, where's minus one? What are you thinking?
1: So I mentioned this with the series preview. The Kings have a must-win game in game one. The environment itself, their first home playoff game in basically 16, 17 years, the crowd's going to be in a frenzy from the opening tip. And if the Kings lose this game, with the inexperience they have and with Golden State being Golden State, I think Sacramento gets buried in the series if they lose game one, because psychologically, I don't think they can recover from that. I'm mm-hmm. going with Sacramento game one. It's a must-win game for them in my eyes. Do you agree with that? Like, if the Kings yeah. lose game one, do you think they have a shot to win the series? Because I don't.
0: Uh, it'll be very difficult for them. Let's just say that. Like, well, you have to go then have to beat the Warriors four out of six games. I think that's a very tall order.
1: Yeah, I don't. I'm I'm kind of out on the Warriors to be honest with you. So I'm pretty... I've been out on them for months, but there's there's still an aura around the league of it's Golden State, you know. Like the last thing you want to do is fall behind one nothing to defending champions while losing home court. And once again, Golden State's such a bad road team. If you yeah. lose Game One, that is not a good sign for the rest of the series because Golden State was 11 and 30 on the road. I am going to take Kings money line though in Game One. I forgot what show I gave it out on, but one of my props for this uh, series. Was the Kings to win Game One, Warriors to win the series? But I do think at the end of the day, you're going to be looking at a spot where the Kings come out and they are fully ready to go. Give me the Kings, to get the job done in Game One.
0: Yeah, I think I agree that you said that. I think this is more of a must-win game for the Kings and the Warriors. Like if Warriors get down 0-1 or 1-0, however you want to, you know, they've frame handled it, it before. Yeah, like they've been in that situation. I don't know how many times. Like they've had to come back in series, and and they just have that. You know, they have that playoff experience. They have that championship pedigree. We've seen it. So, um, but I think that I, what I read is that the cowbells are back as well in Sacramento yep. for this game as well. So it's gonna be a, a frenzy environment. It's gonna be a lot of fun. They it's gonna be electric. I think for me, early on, we'll have to see if, if Sacramento thrives off of that energy from the crowd or. You know, is it, are they going to be caught up in the moment with Deer in headlights? Because a lot of these players have not been in the playoffs for the Sacramento Kings. I think only probably what Harrison Barnes is probably the only guy that's been in a playoff series.
1: Sabona's lost in the first round a couple times with. Anywhere. Yeah,
0: yeah. But I think like in this type of environment, um, it'll be interesting to see how Sacramento responds. So, I think that if you really want to target Sacramento, you look at them in the first quarter. I'm with you guys. I do like them in the in in game one here because I think I agree 100% with Scott. That is a must-win situation for the Kings if they want to have a chance to win this series. So um, I'm, we'll make it a team right here on the Kings. Let's get over to the total here. Vlante, 238 and a half.
2: Yeah, I'm not betting under. Um, I, I can tell you that. Uh, I'll probably just bet the Kings team total over and just be done with it. If I had to make a play, i play it over. Both teams are going to get up and down, like I mentioned, with the Warriors' turnover issues. That's going to cause the Kings to get out and score. I think the Kings can live at the free throw line, to be honest. Some of those guys off the dribble. So my thing with the Warriors is their most effective defensive lineup doesn't have Steph on the court because they're better when they have DiVincenzo, Clay, and Peyton at the guards, and they have Draymond, and um, I guess they can play – uh, kaminga as a small ball five that's their mm. best defensive lineup but obviously they won't be able to score or initiate anything without Steph on the floor so it's kind of a a thing I've been noticing um since GP's been back him and DiVincenzo play really really well together defensively on the perimeter mm. but other than that I'm not sure how much Kerr goes to that in game one I'm pretty sure they're not gonna show us full hand in the first game but I like the I like the Kings team total over uh, if I had to play the th- The full game, I would probably go over, thinking both teams score at least 120 here. Scott, total?
1: For me, I'm going to go with the under. It's a playoff game, and as I've said several times, game ones tend to be more low scoring. I get the argument is both teams, great at offense, very up-tempo. It is the playoffs, so I do expect the pace to really die down, especially in the second half of a meaningful game like this. I am going to go with the under. Uh, I think that this game is going to be close. There might be times early on where the live total will cross 240. Yeah. And that's not going to scare me off because expecting each team to score 120 in a playoff game after about a week layoff for each team is a little bit too much to ask for me. And Golden State playoff-wise, historically speaking, I know they they were a better defensive team in years past, but you look at their games – they really didn't have many games that turned into absolute shootouts with no defense whatsoever. I think you'll see each team buckle down to some degree defensively, especially in, in the fourth quarter. I'm mm-hmm. on the under. I think this game probably lands somewhere in either the high 220s, low 230s.
0: Yeah, there's seem like a lot of points here. Um, but I I, I need to see I need to see uh, Golden State play some defense before right. I can back them on the, on the road. Here. So yeah, especially yeah. on the road. So their
2: defensive rating uh, at home and away is like twenty spots lower.
0: Yeah. So I, I, at least for uh, the Warriors being on the road here, I'll take the over. I think we'll we'll see some points being put up in this game for sure. So you know maybe obviously or maybe uh, Golden State makes those adjustments in the at uh, at home where they are in games three and four. But at least for game one, I, th- I think that we'll see some points being put up. Uh, let's get over to some player props here. Scott, anything you like?
1: So for the player props in this one, uh, I am going to be looking at Curry to have a big game. I thought about Clay. Uh, it does feel like a game where Clay could have some success, but he's so streaky that it's going to be kind of like flipping a coin. I'm trying to think of what else I want to take here. Fox needs to have a big game. So I think Fox points could be worth a look. But once again, he tends to get off to slow starts. He might be better off live betting that prop in the first half, or maybe at halftime, I should say, and then expect him to wake up in the fourth quarter. For props itself, though, do I think it's a good matchup for Looney? Because I'm really tempted by Looney rebounds in this game because yeah, somebody's going to have to fight Sabonis on the boards.
2: Yeah. yeah, I think they could play him off the court, though. No, you don't think that? that that's the problem. That's, that's what I'm
1: saying. Like, yeah, Okay. But, Looney has been really effective for this team in the last couple of weeks. Do I think Draymond can really fight off Sabonis for rebounds? And do I think Golden State will go that small? I can really see a world where Looney actually plays some minutes in game one. I like Looney rebounds. I think he's in a decent spot to put together a good showing. I know he had a good game against the Kings in their last meeting. Now I am aware that the Kings benched half their team for that one. but yeah. Looney didn't get played off the court. I thought he looked pretty sharp. Uh, to look at the last couple of meetings, though, for Looney, uh, the last three games, 16 rebounds, 10 rebounds, 13 rebounds, played exactly 29 minutes in each of the last two meetings. I like Looney over for rebounds. I just think he's going to be on the boards battling with Sabonis.
0: Yeah, I gave this away as one of my player props on the prop cast earlier today, so I'll co-sign this with you. I think that... Um, I think, first of all, going back to last year when the Warriors won the title, I don't think that Kevon Looney got enough credit for what he was doing out there for, for the Golden State Warriors, you know, what do you have Korean?
1: like a 30 rebound game and that close out against Memphis?
0: Yeah. I mean, the amount of second chance opportunities yeah. he created for the Golden State Death Warriors. Yeah. yeah. It was just crazy to see, and he didn't get his flowers for it. So I think I would see something similar if they do make a run again, um, at least getting, you know, maybe to the Western conference finals, at least, but we'll, we'll see at that point. But I, I think at least for this series, I think he could have a big rebounding series. So I, I'll, I'm there with you. Uh, Delonte player props. Yeah, so uh, I'm interested
2: in Sabonis a lot in this first game. I think his points, rebounds, and assists, sprinkle on a triple-double. I laddered his rebounds. If you if you can give me a, a number, I did it earlier in the week. Um mm-hmm. so I don't know if the number is the same. I have to check my accounts, but the, uh his 15 plus rebounds.
0: Uh let me see. I'll check. Uh
1: 15 plus. I can check an alt one. Sorry, hands. On yeah, second. no, that's
2: fine. I, I just I don't I don't have um Access to, okay, you know, so
1: as- I see 14 and a half. The over is at plus 138 on
2: Vandal. Yeah, so I got I got 15 plus at, uh I think it was at 170. Once This was like earlier in the week, so uh, it might have changed by then. But, yeah, I think he has a big, big day on the boards. Like you said, if Looney's going to be on the court, they're going to be battling on the glass. So I think the second chance opportunities he does a real good job at. Um I like his point total also. And I think he'll be able to score off the pick and roll. And, and get some assists to, to Keegan Murray in the corners. Also like Keegan Murray's threes um, over. And uh, what's the other
0: one uh, like? Let me see.
2: Uh, Harrison Barnes over points. Re- revenge, Revenge Tour for Harrison Barnes. Fifteen
0: plus plus one thirty for Sabonis. Seventeen yep. plus is at plus two ninety uh, for Sabonis in this game. So uh, yeah, I think it's a it's a good rebounding uh, game for him as well. And the not this game, guys. I was gonna
1: say I don't I don't see a number for it, but if I could find it, I like Looney over an assist. I'm I'm not sure That's what that number is going to be, but you're looking at his meetings. Against, wait, what?
2: Would it be one and a half, two?
1: I think it would be higher than that. I mean, you're looking at Sabonis You're looking at uh, Sabonis defensively. We know is not exactly great, but Looney against the Kings recently has actually been very good at facilitating. To read off the last couple games against Sacramento, seven assists, two assists, four assists, four assists, six assists. And I think when you're when you're trying to visualize what the Warriors like to do, it's a ton of backdoor cuts. They tend to let their big men, either Draymond or Looney, facilitate some of the action with the dribble handoffs. The number I got to actually find out what the exact number would be. I have it. What is it uh, like two, three and a half. Two,
0: two and a and a half plus one fifteen?
1: Plus 115 for a guy that's had at least four in three of the last four meetings. I want to read off Looney's assists for the last couple of games just in general because I know he was actually doing a good job of facilitating in the last couple weeks of the season. Uh, So just to read off the numbers here for Looney's assists, he had four assists against Portland in 21 minutes, had seven assists against Sacramento. Uh, Is usually hovering around that two or three territory, but it is plus money on the over. That number feels a little bit short to me. I think there's some value at plus money for a guy that's gone over in this particular head-to-head matchup three of the last four meetings. So I'm on the over.
2: What about his uh, rebounds and assists at 12 and a half? What do you think about that?
1: I'm more tempted by that because the rebounds, he could potentially grab oh, yeah, you do that on like 12 of those by himself. So yeah, I'd rather take that. But yeah. I just wanted to mention the assists because I have noticed he has actually gotten a couple the last couple of games.
0: Yeah, I like we played that too. Yeah, I like that play. Um, all right. Anything else for this game, guys? not good all right let's close it out strong here let's get into our lock and dog here for the game ones on saturday uh delante lead us off man lock and dog yeah okay so for the lock i'm
2: going with the player prop uh tyrese maxi over 19 and a half points went over it i think it's a great spot um the hardened and achilles injury plays a big part in it i think he has a big game against that uh i guess that second tier unit um of the uh who they're playing of the Brooklyn Nets. Um, as for the dog, I kind of want to go with uh, Sacramento, but it's that's a kind of a baby dog, so I'll just go with Atlanta. Uh, I'll go with Atlanta. Um, I think, like I said, I think their length and their depth, you know, might cause a, a deeper series than most think. I think it can maybe be as more competitive than some people think. So, give me Atlanta for the dog.
0: All right, Scott,
2: what do you got?
1: All right, uh, so for my lock, I have a couple options here. Uh, So I'm going to start off with – I'm thinking about the under in that Nets game, but I kind of gave that out on another show a couple days ago, so I'm not sure if I'm going to do that again. You know what? I'm going to go with a player prop on this one. I'm going to go with Dimwitty under the 8.5 assists. I can't argue with his overall results against Philly in his career. Once again, he's gone over this number one time in his entire career in roughly 20-something meetings. I'm trying to quickly pull up what his stats were in that 2018 playoff series against Philly, but that doesn't exactly matter because the rosters aren't even close. But I think the Nets are going to struggle to break 100. So with a limited number of actual buckets they're going to get, I do think you'll end up seeing Dimwitty struggle to get those assists. Not to mention the fact he might ball hog a bit down the stretch and shoot the ball a lot. I like Dimwitty under assists. I believe that's plus money. That was plus 106, I think I mentioned before, maybe plus 116. I like the under, though, as my lock, though. I just think that that number is a little bit too high for a team that should really struggle to put the ball in the basket.
0: All right, and what do you got for your dog?
1: My dog, I'm going to go with the Knicks money line. Uh, I think that they'll get the job done against the Cavs. It's going to be a very close game. I think it'll be very competitive, but we talked about it for the actual series preview I trust the Knicks core just a little bit more than Cleveland's in in close games. I think Brunson finds a way to carry this team. Uh, and I do think that the Knicks have, of course, more depth. And I do think that quickly could be the real story here in game one if he drastically outplays Rubio and the other bench guards. So give me the Knicks money line at around plus 180, I believe, as my dog.
0: All right. Um so for my luck i'm gonna go with the knicks plus five and a half as well i'm right right there with you it's one of my favorite plays for the weekend i'll give that out as my lock um everything that you just mentioned there i think that this is a, an opportunity for them to steal game one steal home court even if it is without um julius Randle, i think jalen brunson can carry this team to a victory um so i'm gonna go with the knicks plus five and a half uh for my dog i'm gonna go jalen brunson 30-plus points in this game. That's at plus 210 currently over on FanDuel. Um, we talked about it, how he scored, what, 48, was it, against the 40, Cleveland 46, Cavaliers? 46, I think. Yeah, um, in that game. But again, that playoff experience that we talked about, what he did against Utah without Luka, I think that he is going to be the difference maker for this New York Knicks team in this series and especially in game one. Even if Julius Randle does go, I think, again, like we mentioned, that he may be a little bit compromised or that ankle injury is still going to be nagging a little bit, limiting his his movement. So I think Jalen Brunson um, will be able to lead this team and, and the playmaking should be there for him. So 30-plus points for uh, Jalen Brunson as my dog. Also throw out a, uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich over two and a half threes. That's at plus 140. I really do like that play. I think that... Um, He's going to get the minutes. We know he can shoot the ball very well. He's done it several times in his career against the uh, Celtics as well. Um, so at, at plus 140, is that what I saw? Yeah, plus 140. I'll give out two dogs for the for the Saturday games um, to start the playoffs, guys. Uh, all right, man. That's going to do it for this edition of the NBA Gambling Podcast. Game one's for Saturday. Yeah. Um, Anything else we need to mention before we get out of here, Delonte?
2: Nah, man, I'm good. I'm ready for this playoff, ready for the playoffs to start. Been waiting for a while, and hopefully we can continue cashing and getting our viewers some money. Uh, Scott, anything else?
1: Uh, not really. Uh, once again, doing a tennis podcast later on tonight, so check that out. Besides that, as of right now, the Heat are winning 12 to 10. Max Struess has all 12 points, and Crusoe <laughs> has eight points, just the way we all thought it was going to go to start off the game.
0: So <laughs> there, there we go. go. Uh, yeah, so we'll find. A chance out that they had Caruso props, but I, yeah. I,
1: I, I don't know who would take the points though. I figured props yeah, maybe, would be it, like steals and he would do it. I was gonna <laughs> say though, I figured it'd be steals and maybe an assist or two, but I wasn't expecting Max Struess versus Caruso 12-8 eight six minutes into the game. I was not expecting that. So
0: I wonder what his points prop was though. That that'll be something. Caruso? he, be like we went, he went
1: over already. Yeah, it had to be like six and a half. Yeah, it it went over. There's, there's like no insane. way it was anything above eight and a half. He never shoots the ball. It was probably going to be like six and a half if I had to guess. Yeah, that's probably a good number.
0: Yeah, it is six and a half. <laughs> His first eight points. <laughs>
1: Congrats if you had Caruso because uh, he already went over.
0: All right. Yeah, I wonder, I wonder if Cam had him. Uh, I think Struis
1: went over too. I think Struis was nine and a half.
0: Yeah, I think he already hit two three threes already, right?
1: Yeah, he's got 12 points, so he already went yeah. over too. So. All right.
0: Um... Oh, and last but not least, make sure you guys get into the playoff challenge uh, happening on the SGPN app. Uh, $200 to the winner, $100 gift card uh, also as well to the winner. So make sure you hop in, but it's exclusively on the SGPN app. Uh, We'll be back May Sunday games. We'll we'll figure something out uh, for the Sunday game ones. Uh, so look out for them. Again, it's a good time to subscribe to the NBA Gambling Podcast YouTube channel, as well as follow us on Twitter at SGPNNBA. All right, guys. Good luck with your bets. Let's break these books off and let it ride. Basketball, get it, get it.